0: that's a little bit about what what I want to speak on today. Um, I would title this message, Fellowship with God by the Holy Spirit. So the question I want to provoke our hearts today is, what would make us want to walk by the Spirit and have fellowship with God? Because I believe if we are not overwhelmed by thankful hearts, we won't be doing this. We won't be walking by the Spirit. We won't be living in fellowship with God because that's the epitome of sonship relationship with God is being able to serve God and live with God um, with a thankful heart, with all that you are. So for me, this experience... The pleasure of this experience is union with God. To have fellowship with God, to live life by the Spirit, is to be made one with Him, to know Him. It's to experience His heart and just the radical perfection and beauty of His heart, the one that created us. Um, You know, we go through life and we experience moments of love and joy, but they will not come close to what you will experience as you walk with God and have fellowship with God. And I've been doing this for a few years, and it has just put my past life to shame. The 30, 33 years that I did it beforehand was just fleeting pleasures of the world, they were momentary and they weren't of any, any good use at all to anybody. So it's a lifestyle for me of, of tasting and seeing the power of God and, and his love. <clears throat> that, is, that is God's desire as, as well. He wants us to grow in the knowledge of Jesus, the experience of oneness with Jesus, and the power of his love to change our lives and the ones around us. So to know the faithfulness of God and the promises of God for his people is where it's at. Like that's that's our life now, you know, we get to grow and go from glory to glory in understanding who our creator is, who is the one that created us, who is the one that fashioned us, you know, who is the one that knit us in our mother's womb, who is the one that Wants to Before the foundation of the earth, he wanted to conform us to the image of his son. Union with God. It's to know him. To have fellowship with him. To be intimate with him. So I want to take us to 1 John. <coughs> um, open there, I'm just going to read. This is pretty much what I'm going to base most of what I'm gonna speak about today on. One John verse one to four and I'll read it out for you guys. <clears throat> so this is basically the disciples and they're writing to a community, and these are the disciples that have been with Jesus. And they're writing this community and in these four in these first four verses they are giving this amazing invitation to have fellowship with God. This is how it goes. Now that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that's Jesus. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. You know, he's saying that this is, this is amazing. So any of these people about, like these people read the word and they know the word, and, but, and he's saying the word of God, this very book has been incarnate in this person, Jesus, and we've hung out with him. We've touched him, we've seen him, we've looked upon him. We've had an experience with the person of the word of life, Jesus. It's crazy. It's just like, so this is, this is what they're saying. Is They're saying, we have that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. These are the bits that get me in Scripture, these parts here. So that you may have fellowship with us. This is why, this is the whole proclaiming, you know. It's, guys, listen to this. We have fellowship with the Father. We have fellowship with the Son. You have to have fellowship with eternal life, Jesus. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And in some other translations it says, our or your, so that your joy may be complete. Because the disciples... Like, they didn't want Jesus to go, you know, when he, when he said, I, I have to go so the Spirit can come. They didn't want him to go. He was amazing. They loved him. They wanted to be with him. He was the fullness of joy to them. And that's what, that's what they're saying here. He's saying, we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. So the fullness of joy for the human being is to walk in fellowship with God. That is what it's all about, that's what it's all for, to walk in fellowship with God, <clears throat> to be loved by the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the disciples are inviting us into this union with his Spirit, and I believe that that union is full of power. It's full of power. It's full of freedom every situation that we walk in life that tries to destroy us, tries to steal our joy, steal our hope, steal the love of God, steal what we were created for, communion and to live with compassionate hearts and to live a life free from selfishness with one another, of one accord like freedom, full of life. The Gospel of John In 17.3, he states life, or the fullness of life, like this. He says, And this is eternal life, that they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's it. That is it. It's our pleasure. Once we receive the beautiful gift of Jesus, his life, everything he went through, gosh. And then we... From that, we get reconciled into the heart of the Father, washed clean, filled with the Spirit. It's our good pleasure now to learn how to abide in Him, to learn how to wake up and live with Him. Oftentimes, though, it's not that easy. It can seem not easy. And I believe the reason is because people don't do it by faith. It's the active ingredient to union with God, to the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on earth from it, having its way with our being. Faith. It's foreign to so many of us. Until we surrender to it. Sorry, I'll get to that bit. So Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God or please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. This is life. This is it, that we would learn to live by faith. We would learn this spiritual relationship, friendship with God <clears throat> that can completely dictate everything that we do as soon as we start walking with Him. Now in Hebrews 11:6, when it says, "And without faith, it is impossible to please Him," a lot of people just like, "Hmm." Jeez, God, you're not pleased without me unless I'm like living by faith. And I sat with God one day and I, from understanding the truth about God, that he's not selfish, he's perfect, His love, his intentions are all for me. I, I went, what is it about that? It's impossible to please God without faith. And he just basically said to me, it's how I can release my inheritance to my children. Like, it's the way that I can bless you as you draw near to me. He, it's the way that he can, he can unload the rewards of those who seek him by faith, not by the flesh, not by the, the human understanding, because it is, so, it is so far from the Lord. It's just amazing. So by faith, we put our hope in him. And you never let go. You never let go of believing, do you? You never let go from like a baby like me, three three years in the Lord, like three years in the Lord of walking by faith with, with the best that I know how and learning how to surrender and learning how to how to go from drinking the spiritual milk to actually feasting on the meat and actually being called into obedience to the faith and learning how to live free from condemnation, you know, free from dead works, free from needing to somehow accomplish this life for God in our own strength. <clears throat> and sometimes, like... like most of us have experienced it, when you're walking by faith, it's so easy. It's just like, because that's grace. The grace of God's on you. You're in faith. The Spirit of God, the grace of God is released upon you and all of a sudden, you're walking by the Spirit. You're not walking by the flesh and you're walking by faith in the Son of God. You believe in your heart and your soul. If you believe in your heart, your soul must submit to the truth. It will. Your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, your choices, they will yield to the glory of God if you believe in your heart. Romans six seventeen. I love this one. He says, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. So I'm just like, oh, I want to be obedient. I, I, I'm thankful from my heart and I'm just fully committed. What does it mean, Lord? So he says to me, he tells me about the obedience from the heart To the standard of teaching to which you were committed at at the beginning i started to think oh yeah you just commit yourself to study in the word and you grow in understanding and all that and then he started to just "That, that that is true but there's a greater depth that's relational to this scripture you become obedient to the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and i thought okay Who's my teacher? It's the Holy Spirit. Who am I obedient to? Who am I committed to? It's my commitment to the teachings of the Holy Spirit. So I started to just feast on the Word and love it, but not just staring at it as a mirror and then walk out my house and forget what I look like. Do you know what I mean? I started to allow the word of God to be living and active in me. First priority, no matter what, that's it. Nothing else matters. Why? Because I can trust God that he knows best. And then I'm not the Lord of my life, he is. Now he can, now, now he can be father. Now he can lead us in all that we are and all that he wants us to be. And it's just it's just Amazing. In John 16 13 he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide us into all truth. Now we love that one because it's just short. He'll guide us into all truth, and it's just full of faith, and we can just like it's simple. But the beauty of it is it is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. We can trust him that he is going to reveal the truth to us. So as I sort of ponder my walk with God and I think about my relationship with God and practically what has helped me um, grow in the Lord, I've pretty much come up with two steps to begin with and stay with. And step one is surrender. Surrender. Oh, it's pretty hard sometimes to surrender. To surrender to what everyone else is saying is wisdom. Oh, do this, do that. To surrender to the the fear of a situation. As we surrender our opinions and what we have believed to be true about our life. That's what I believe. we need to be humble before him we need to humble ourselves before him and give give him access to our our mind our heart so the mind of christ can be activated because the mind of christ the way he thinks it is so superior to the to the way we think from the way we've been taught and he says we have it it's it's something it's a it's a gift that we have been given in christ we've been given the mind of christ it's because we've been given the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can discern the thoughts of the Father because they're one. That's how we have access to the mind of Christ. It's amazing. It's so good. John 15, 4 to 5, he says, Abide in me and I in you. And... and Gosh, if we're, if we're like serious with ourselves, like as we read the scriptures and we start to see like what he calls abiding, like laying down your life, laying it down. He, he talks about <clears throat> one that would try to pick up their life will lose it. If you try to live your own life from your own ways and you try to, try to, Outside of the promises of God, no hope. But if you lay it down, now you've got true life. Now you're living in true life. It says, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, For apart from me, you can do nothing. Gosh, that's just a relief. It really is because it's just like, I can just surrender and learn how to abide in him and, and his love abide in me because we're hopeless without him. The only way for us now as believers of God the only way is to ab- abandon our old ways. The old needs to pass away. Behold, the new needs to come. It's the only way. Acts seventeen twenty eight. For in him we live and move and have our being. Our whole life, our whole movements, everything we do, who we are, it's all in him. He's the one who dictates everything. His spirit. This is the new way of life now. So as we surrender every feeling, every emotion, every situation, and it's hard, I know it is. It's hard, but it's so worth it. Because when he comes and he overwhelms your soul with thankfulness and joyfulness, and you feel the joy of the Lord being your strength, and then you're walking according to the Spirit, Everything just seems to be down here. Do you know what I mean? Like people are whinging and carrying on about things and you're just like, what are you upset about, Victor? You know what I mean? Like a little, like a little child in their childish ways, he talks about it. God talks about, in your, he, he says, you need to put away your childish ways. He says, back then, that's when you used to dress yourself. He goes, but now you have another who will dress you. And that's Paul talks about that, and it's, it's really, really good. So I believe as we surrender his spirit, he, it's faithful. He's faithful. He will breathe life upon us. And we will enjoy communion with him, but we must deny the flesh. Have to deny it. He says to put it to death. Like he says he has, but he also says to us to do it. As it comes and tries to make its way in our little home and it's knocking on our door, you deny that thing because you live in the fear of God. We take hold of the new life, the way of the spirit. In a moment of fear, trial, judgment, accusation, even death. We let the peace of God surpass all understanding. It's the only way to experience the peace of God is to be in the middle of something that blows your mind, that you, the normal human being would be torn apart with emotions and that would be completely lost. But because you've built your life on Christ and he's faithful, his peace surpasses it. And it's all by the union of the Spirit. We are able to live in the secret place with him. The secret place, that's what the disciples are talking about. It's fellowship with God and the Son and the Spirit. That's the secret place. Man, I know when I'm walking with it, when I'm just like, I just feel like I'm in my own little world sometimes. When I'm at work, when I'm um, in the shops, I just feel like there can... At times, it's just like this, I'm in this atmosphere, this ball of peace, and I'm just walking in in the joy of the Lord, And because what's ruling and reigning, my heart, the peace of God's ruling my heart, he's ruling my mind, and I'm full of what Jesus wants to do. I'm starting to become full of the hope to which he's called us. So when I walk into a place, especially Darwin, you walk into the shops and you're just like, gosh, you've got all sorts of tragedy going on you know and it's just the simplicity of walking with him and he just says hey he reminds me of my union with him and he says oh remember that you can hear from me and I'm just like oh yeah that's right and it's just this childlike surrender to the truth that I am united with God I'm one with him I can hear from him And now he desires to speak through me as his son to those around me and bring life and peace and restoration and healing and it's beautiful. So as I was like writing this and and especially like having faith in the storm, I just thought about Phil and Tully. And I just thought, this is faith. This is what faith looks like. When <clears throat> Phil crashes his bike and he's busted up and he's in the hospital and he's laying there and the doctors are saying, we've got to replace your spleen, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. But he's laying there. He knows he lives from a different reality, not the natural. He lives from the kingdom of heaven. And in the moment he has faith, he believes that, okay, doctor, you do what you've got to do do what you've got to do, cut me open, but he's, he's got this, this mustard seed of faith in him and he's going, I have faith in the Father. Like there's promises of God that have been given to me and he's abiding in them right there and he's laying there and then Tully, she is in the midst of, same thing, fear. Fear is trying to get in, it is trying to have access, it is trying to gain access to her soul to her feelings, to her emotions. It's trying to tell her, be afraid, be very afraid. You're in trouble right now. Look at the natural, look at what's happening, live in fear. He's attacking, the situation and the enemy is attacking our being, our soul. But instead she surrenders to the father and his promises. She knows that he is the Father. See, this is, this is fellowship with the Father. This is walking with the Father. Right there, and then she's just like, gosh. And she's, it takes all of her to surrender to the goodness of God. Who do you say you are? You're the King of glory. That's who you are. And in the moment, there's this union between her spirit and his. And the grace of God comes. And she feels the washing upon her soul, the feelings, the emotions. It goes from bad to impossible. You start to believe in the impossible. He was talking to me about how in that moment he was the shepherd of her soul, that he is the good shepherd of her soul. Right there, she's walking with the Father, and she's in the storm. He's in the storm. They're, they are in the storm, out in the water. It's dark. It's just like out in the boat. And they, they are single-eyed, focused on God. They know that right now, nothing is going to bring me peace but God. He is steadfast. And in that moment, this is fellowship with God. Right then and there, by faith, she submits to the goodness of the Father. She's creating history with God. She starts in that moment, she is creating history with God, with the faithfulness of God. And many people in this room have done the same thing, and you know what it's like. That is building your house on the rock. So that's step one, surrender. That would be my my suggestion. And that's, that's that's what he always says to me. Whenever I'm in a moment where I'm challenged with the natural or I don't feel ready, like lots of times I don't feel ready, and he loves it. He's just like, oh, you don't feel ready. Let's see if you believe in me more than you believe in your feelings. And that's when you go, then grace can come because there's faith there. That's what the promises? that's where they rest. Yeah, so... Um, they didn't need to replace his spleen. They came and they experience the faithfulness of their God. And that is how we get united with God. That is how we experience union and strengthen our union with God is when we're in the midst of a trial. When things are all going great, well, you sort of don't really need to rely on God, do you? Like, it's all good. But in a moment, your world can be rocked just like that. It happens. And if you're not ready, you're going to get rocked big time. You won't survive. So many people are just... have been hit by trials and have been hit by situations in life, which we will get hit by. We will. It happens. But that's where God comes through. That's where who he is... Can be revealed. I'll try to hurry it up because I just keep. Okay. Step two let the Holy Spirit consume you no matter what. Full consuming of me. That's it. Fully consume me. You know best. There's there's no greater place to be than in the center of your heart, being inundated with your thoughts, with your emotions upon my heart, and learning your ways. When I did this, he started to redefine my understanding of love and truth and life. And it just started to blow my mind because, because it was contrary to all the emotions and all the feelings and all the truths that have dictated the way I live my life. And I was just like, Oh, this is amazing. And then I just went on a ram raid, preaching the gospel to everyone I could, because I was just experiencing freedom, relationship with him. And as we develop our relationship with him, Holy Spirit will become our comforter, our helper, our counselor, and our teacher. But if we don't abide in that in that friendship with him, then his comfort won't be there for us to lean on because we're not walking by faith. So my question is, who is he to you? Who is he to you? And we are growing in the Lord, and we are not, God doesn't expect us to be like great warriors overnight because he he fathers us like a child in the faith and then we grow up and then we become a weapon we become a minister of reconciliation and redemption so can we trust him with our life I'm going to skip a few things and I'm just going to go right at the end. I'm just going to say that in John 10, 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And that's just that. He said it. That's just how it is. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. I have used that scripture so many times when I have been when the enemy has attacked me, and there's been doubt and unbelief and fear and all this stuff is just ugh. And I've just stood on the word of God, like the faithfulness of who He is, and when He says that no one will sn- that I won't be snatched out of His hand, that is how it's going to be. And in the moment, comfort. There you go the Holy Spirit just poof knocks me with comfort. And right then and there, it changes from the enemy and his accusation, me starting to feel a bit taken back by it, to me knowing that everything has been put under the feet of Jesus, and I'm one with him, and that's the truth for me as well. Um so just quickly, I was on this retreat recently where I was invited to help um, facilitate this spiritual retreat on a Catholic college camp for these kids and as I was on this camp, I'm just like, man, these kids trying to get through to them, and there's it's a it's a pretty wild scene and i and I the night before i just i just said to god lord only you know how to touch these kids hearts and he just said to me i said what what do you want me to speak on i was running a reflection and he said i want you to <clears throat> i want you to reveal to them the way i feel about them and that how god sees us is he sees our heart he doesn't see your the way you look how good you are at something. He doesn't see your social status. This is what I'm telling the kids. He doesn't see your Instagram feed because they are so caught up on the opinion of man validating their value and their identity. They've got no idea. But as soon as I started to tell them about the father and how he looks at their hearts, instantly there were kids that were just getting rocked because their little hearts are just crying out for the truth to be completely identified by the love of God, not this world. And then at the end of the day, <clears throat> I'm sitting in my car, and I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even like trying to commune with God. I'm just sitting in my car, just about to leave. And he says, he just whispers it to me. And it just comes so strong that it was the voice of the Lord. He just said, thank you. He said, thank you. And I was like, thank, thank, thanks for what? And he just said, thank you for walking with me. That was it. It was just thank you for walking with me. Thank you for walking in me and allowing my presence and my love and my truth to become known on this world. And it was just, it's just a small thing. But, but wow, did that just pull me into just like, oh, I just want to be with you and just, I just want to hear your voice more. Like that was just heart to heart. A couple of words that will just rock you. <clears throat> Tully can you come up and play something beautiful and um man he's so faithful he just is he's so faithful he's so good but we have to give him a chance and we have to do it by faith it's the only way that that his his grace can land And then you can just experience the fullness of his promises and his inheritance. And it's just fellowship with God. It's just walking with him. It's believing that we are completely accepted. We are completely accepted. And the man, the revelation of the cross, like the, as I read the word and I I read what power of the cross does for my life and invites me into it just trips me out like I just can't even believe it I just have to I have to just like give him time I have to give him time to establish that word in my heart and to overwhelm my soul and that's how I've done it I've just continued to know that nothing is ever going to fill this heart up but the love of God. This heart was made to know Him. And I've been sanctified by His blood, so I'm washed clean. And then he says, to present myself to Him, Paul says, by the mercies of God, present yourself to Him as a living sacrifice, holy and blameless. Like that's how God wants you to come to Him. He wants you to step before Him and present yourself to Him, holy and blameless. Because the life of Christ was enough. Whether you feel it or not, it's enough. He was the just one, and He came to justify the unjust. let his peace just just believe it just believe the peace of God it will surpass all your past experiences that still try to have access to your soul and your heart and you just say no I deny you access to my heart enemy and all the tribulation I deny you access all the hurt I, trust me, I went through some hurt. I went through so much hurt. I remember one day when I was laying in. I was laying in the mental hospital. <clears throat> I was in there from a drug-induced psychosis. And I'm laying in the bed... And there was this thing that I just never dealt with my whole life. And all of a sudden, I couldn't keep the lid on it any longer. Couldn't do it. I tried so hard my whole life to keep that lid on. And then I just broke. And I just cried uncontrollably for hours. And this nurse came in and she was so nice. She was she was just, she couldn't do anything but she just wanted to help. But then ultimately, a couple of years later, that was the thing. God said to me, you know what? My life's enough. I can take care of that for you. That impossibility, it's always been an impossibility. He said, that insecurity, that impossibility, let me handle it. I got news for you. I'm the king of glory. And I will have my way. And he just come and I just think to myself, look at me now, God. Gosh. To live your life in honor. For honor and glory. nothing will compare in this world to that everything will try to distract you and deceive you but nothing will compare so whether you want to come down the front and we pray for you and we lay hands on you like Jesus loves it i reckon just do it that's what surrender's about or whether you just want to go home and you just you just want to say god like i want you to be everything for me i want you to be everything and you let the holy spirit lay hands on you and he will drop you but we have to make a decision Or else we'll be double minded and unstable. And it's like pulling teeth. You know, like who wants to live that way? It's so much better when you just let go and you just fall back into His arms and you start living by faith faith in the impossibles, the promises.